0: Karen with new Cleveland radio.net and it is time for avoid the maze. And for those of you who may be listening for the first time, the majority of my guests on this program happen to be coaches or individuals who are out in public reaching out to help our fellow man. And today I have somebody from across the seas with us. I have Jim Fuller with us and Jim's bio says, I believe conscious communication is important. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I read that, I had to read it a couple of times, Jim, because I am a communications major. And I thought, well, what is he trying to say? And then it finally like, of course he's trying to tell us that we should be aware of our conversation we should be speaking as we feel and I love that because so many of us walk around um trying to please everybody out saying what we think others want to hear and then we just become um fake phony non-authentic so tell me what drove you to this idea and how do you get your message across
1: yeah well hi Karen good afternoon and and thank you so much for having me on your on your show and I believe it's important to have these conversations you know talking about um concepts and then the the application of concepts into our day-to-day lives like this is really important for us and for humanity to continue to hopefully uh improve and evolve you know and i think we need to be having these conversations now more than ever before you know as there's these divides of 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 opinions and ideas and people identifying with their their, their political standpoint um and unfortunately there's lots of people that are shouting at each other across these digital divides of difference right. you know and it's not really helping anybody's cause at all but yeah look I how did I come to this um you know I like many um was trying to please other people I was trying to do what I thought I should do to 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 be a good person to live a good life to be a good husband a good father a, a good employee you know I was be, I was being what I thought I should be and that led me to being quite inauthentic and you know back in the day before my midlife i call it my midlife awakening people call it a midlife crisis (laughs) i lost everything in my early 40s lost my career my marriage my home my you know everything except my kids thankfully but what led up to that was that i had um painted this this two-dimensional inauthentic veneer of a life so to the outside world i looked like I was living the dream. I had a, a high paying job. I had the house with the white picket fence, and I had the family. And you know, it, it was like an Instagram profile,
0: right? Yep. <laughs>
1: you know, um, but deep down inside, I was I was actually deeply unhappy, and and had lost my way. Um, and all of my anxieties, I'd put into a very very under a under a thick blanket of secret shame. You know, um, and and it was very sad was really really sad and it took that midlife kind of shakeup and awakening for me to realize wow do you know what the most important work for me to do in this lifetime really that it starts with me learning to completely accept and love myself for just who I am you know to not try and be anybody else for anybody else and it was only through a dedication to that practice to self-love self-acceptance and a dedication to the practice of I'm just going to be me um to the best of my ability come what may and we'll see what happens and actually what happens then is of course that we flourish and we find our path of the heart and we find our vocational work a a work that has meaning and purpose and then success in inverted commas for your listeners who are not watching us success whatever that is for you tends to then um flow you know and so 10 years down the track i'm very grateful and i feel very blessed to be living a, a beautifully conscious life with a new wonderful conscious relationship and you know my relationships with my children are, are wonderful and my family and my clients and my work so that's what brought me to this you know where i am now
0: and you know what i find interesting and what i love most about what i do is that i'm reaching out to people worldwide um, and i'm finding out that we all feel experience so many of the exact same things um for most of my life and i just took a a six-week seminar and the assessment had us identify certain things about ourselves and what i found out i always knew i'm a people pleaser and i've been a people pleaser but not until the last 10 years did i start pleasing me yeah I was pleasing everybody else because that's how I grew up. I, you know, yeah. I got the message from my mother, you know, be good, and if you're good, Dad will come home and he'll be happy. And be good because your birthday is coming up. and if you really want X for your birthday, you know, there's a chance that you'll you will get that. And so my whole life, it was well, if I'm nice to you, and do things for you then i'm going to be happy and then i realized that song is just a bunch of words okay Um, now sometimes when you make somebody else happy it does reflect on you and you do feel good about it but you can't live your whole life doing that because what i realized when i hit the age of 60 i wasn't quite sure who i was Mm and it was like you know what i'm still alive and breathing so it's about time i figure it out
1: yeah yeah so
0: so up until your awakening and i and i love thinking of it at that you know um no it was not a midlife crisis um although in some ways it may have felt that way what were you doing prior that caused you to realize that you weren't authentic?
1: Um, Well, look, you know, many, many things throughout my life leading up into my early 40s, which were all very, um, you know, innocent and naive. I, I was just a human trying to figure it all out, right? We're all just people trying to figure out what it is to be a person to be you specifically in the big wide world the way it is and it's complex yes. you know it's it's not as straightforward as as we would like it to be we, we are complex beautifully um nuanced creatures and we're trying to make sense of everything and we're trying to make some sense of meaning you know we're, we're these meaning making machines <clears throat> I think that w- that's what kind of um is one of the thing things that sets us apart from other species on the planet is that we spend a lot of time contemplating the meaning of life (laughs) what's what's going on i don't really think most other animals sit around you know trying to understand their purpose so much they just get on with it right um so look i was trying to i was always trying to figure it out and i and i've had other identity crises in my life in my late 20s i had an identity crisis and ended up wandering around the indian subcontinent uh, for years barefoot and dreadlocked trying to figure out you know how I who i was and how i fit to everything so it wasn't the first time I'd, I'd really had the the opportunity to reflect and and have a look at myself and try and figure out who i was supposed to be you know but leading up to it to be honest i mean i i'm happy to share my deepest vulnerability leading up to that throughout the years of my marriage, I had put all of my self-anxieties and my self-doubt and self-loathing into one very intimate place, which was um, sexual intimacy. And I put all of my anxieties into that place and I became sexually dysfunctional. And I was so ashamed because men don't talk about this. Sadly, there's a lot of men that suffer in this space, but don't talk about it and women as well um and and it was such an embarrassing shameful thing that I didn't tell anybody about it but it was crippling me you know um all I wanted to do was be able to be the man for my woman (laughs) to be that be that man for my my for my wife you know and I couldn't and it got worse and worse and worse and I didn't know how to fix it and so I was pretending no one knew heaven forbid no that was a deep dark secret right But that inauthenticity for me to be out there pretending to be happy and successful, um, somehow the energetically that plays into every fabric of your, of your, uh, um, you know, your expression. There's something not quite right. And people are very, very sensitive to inauthenticity. You know, people sense something, even if you're a very good actor, people sense the inauthenticity and they don't know why, they don't know what it is. But there's something that's not quite right and also it, it fed into my um self my relationship with self you know I it was all feeding into the belief that I wasn't enough that I wasn't good enough you know and I created evidence to back up that belief which is another human thing that we do so anyway that all you know I I understood all of that in a in a quite a a, a wonderful cathartic experience in a sweat lodge a North American Indian sweat lodge on Australian Aboriginal Indigenous First Nations land here and I was in a men's sweat and I had a, a, an awakening experience an out-of-body experience and I and I realized it all and then I had a very prophetic dream that night which was a, a magic healing work in a dream now this might sound a bit woo-woo to people this is not me naturally I'm not a I'm not a kind of very out there woo-woo person I'm quite a practical person but this experience happened for me um and I and I woke up and I was like wow wow this is all coming from a belief that i'm not good enough and that's crazy of course i'm good enough of course i'm enough i'm enough to be me and i shouldn't be more like anyone else why not because i'm not anyone else i'm me and that's all i should be is me and i must be enough to be me because here i am right so then i began this this uh rewiring this 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 beautiful rejuvenation of this relationship with self you know and, and to this day it's a practice it's not a box that you tick and go right I've done that I'm all good sure. it now be, it's part of my daily practice you know I'm every single day I'm you know re- running that that wiring that I'm enough I'm good enough just the way I am I'm a good man I'm doing good work and just keep going you know I look at myself in the mirror regularly and say I love you you know so um that was that was how it all came about it was really it really was quite a kind of lightning bolt moment on that night in that in that sweat lodge
0: you know it's interesting as I listen to you because you are so correct that so many of us um aren't going to share those would feel like very intimate stories in our life um And yet I have found since I started podcasting over 10 years ago, um, I share so much, not just so that I can throw out a story, but when I share, I heal. And I realize that I am not alone. Um, About, well, it was six years ago now when my mother was ill and I chose to go move into her apartment with her in another state and be with her, whether it was one day, one week, we had no idea, but we knew that she was on a downhill slide. And I never thought I was strong enough to be able to do that. But when I made the decision, I didn't make the decision if I was good enough, not good enough, strong enough, not strong enough. I made the decision because. I needed it for me. And that was my biggest awakening in my life. Um, 10 years prior to that, I mean, four years, part of that I started my podcasting and blogging and reaching out. But six years ago is when I finally said, you know what? Um, it's my turn to take care of my mother. And for me to take care of my mother, I have to be whole. And so I started finding myself and not as woo as your story may sound, but I have to tell people that if you really get deep inside of yourself, you will know that these moments do really occur, whether in a dream, spotting something in the distance that says it shakes us and allows us to change. But you have to be willing. And obviously, you were a very willing participant because you knew something was missing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it's so true. And going back to something that you said, Karen, about um, sharing and and how sharing is part of the healing, you know, there's a chapter in, in my book, I wrote a book um, a year ago that has been published and and thankfully is, is getting rave reviews from readers who are really loving it and, and it's really helpful for them and there's a chapter in there about you are not an island and how as much as your own self-healing is your work to do a part of that is in community a part of that is in relationship it's in sharing and to have the courage to share so when I share my stories especially the story of the sexual anxiety when I share that I'm sharing that um, as an act of service I'm hoping that a listener somewhere hears that and goes (gasps) oh wow I'm not alone and that it gives them the courage to speak up and share their struggles with someone close to them that they trust because it's in the sharing and the community it's in relationship that we heal you know because we only as 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 humans we only exist in relationship you know if you are completely isolated and you have no one else around you at all to mirror you in relationship you, you don't really exist you know, as 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 a machine, you do, but your sense of identity is not there. It's only in relationships. So these relationships are so important, and that's really where the healing exists. Like you said, you know, when you start to share, and and so yeah, if we can encourage people to to open up and share their struggles with each other, uh, I think it's a good thing.
0: And we all have such similar struggles. Yeah, uh, which is amazing when you listen to other people tell their stories. When you're sitting there with a total stranger, who in appearance looks nothing like you, their culture is not the same as yours. But you hear them talk about this one little piece and you go, well, that's me. They're telling my story. And the reason is, is because as humans, we all go through very similar things on a daily basis Uh, we started a new podcast yesterday called grief belief Uh and we're talking about grief at its rawest emotions yeah and many of us think grief is only the loss of a marriage the loss of a loved one and it is so much more Mm. i keep saying that for almost 60 years I lost me yeah yeah. I was being who who my parents told me I was going to be yeah who my first husband wanted me to be who my second husband was allowing me to be yeah and it was like but what does this all mean yeah so when you wrote your book I'm sure it came from deep inside of you and everything you've been through but what was it like to write the book and put all these thoughts down for hopefully thousands or millions to see and read
1: it was a really enjoyable process it was in the middle of uh here in australia and and specifically in the state that i live in in victoria we had the longest strictest lockdowns globally I mean, we were locked down for the best part of two and a half years.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: You know, so it was really quite a, a drawn out um, restriction of of freedom and, and movement um, here where I live. And in the middle of that, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be able to take all of my work online and my work actually flourished. I'm one of the lucky ones. Uh, and so in the middle of that, I was writing this book and it was enjoyable. It flowed out of me. I, I did very little editing and once once the the manuscript was the first draft manuscript was finished uh and it went to the hands of an editor they were getting in touch with me and saying wow this is an easy job for me there's not much to do uh it really just flowed through me it was quite an enjoyable easy process and so I, I wrote the book in a few months and and a few months later it was pretty much ready to be published so the the, the experience was enjoyable it was also cathartic because it, there's a there's a huge amount of letting go I'm I'm incredibly honest in the book and all of the stories I share are true stories of my life with then the learnings that came from those stories that I hope then will help people have some some practical you know things to apply in their own life um so it's very it's very open and honest and so when you put pen to paper and then let go of that and and a publisher prints it and starts to distribute it it's like oh wow <laughs> the stories are out there now you know, um which is is freeing and and it gets to a point where for me anyway this journey of self-love and self-acceptance has got to a point now where it's not about me anymore you know it's not about me anymore I'm really more and more resonating in a vibration of service you know, I, I, my sense of meaning to my life is in the service of others because it's I'm not so consumed with myself anymore because I, I, I'm okay with myself now. You know, when we're not okay with ourselves, we're very consumed with ourselves and our relationship right. with self and life, and we get in the way. We take ourselves so seriously and we, we struggle and suffer a lot because because of this, um, this not okayness with self thing right? And what I've found is that with a practice of smoothing out the creases and radical self acceptance, it doesn't need to be about me anymore. I'm, I'm all right. Let's just get on with doing some good work, you know? Yep. So Absolutely. yeah, that's what it's been like for me.
0: So one of the things I, I'm hearing in your story is that um, the person that you used to see in the mirror wasn't necessarily the person who you wanted to see there was something missing and yeah. i know um and i shared this on another podcast recently that um i always wanted to look like somebody else wear the clothes of somebody else have the job of somebody else have the house of somebody else and i didn't realize that's what i was doing but and i may not have been talking about it but it was in my head okay mm. Um, I had um, a very, very special cousin who uh, passed away within a couple of weeks prior to my mom, which was very difficult for me. Mm. Um, I looked up to her as if she were a sister. I always wanted to be her. Mm. She was tiny and petite and smiling. And she looked like she had absolutely everything. Mm. And I know she had a a good life, but I'm sure she had her moments as well. Yeah. But it wasn't until right after she passed away that I thought if I really had become her, I wouldn't be alive anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's when it struck me. It was like, I have to stop looking in the mirror saying, I want to look like somebody else. Yeah. I have to stop changing my demeanor to sound like somebody else. Yeah. And I can't always agree with people if I don't believe in something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what what looking at our kids these days, you know, I mean, for us in our generation, we had this um, you know, in our faces through other media, you know, we had through magazines and newspapers and television, you know, be like this person, look like this person, have a body like this person, right. you know, and, and for us, it was like that. But for our children, it's incessant. It's this social media addiction that's, they're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, these images are imprinting on their brains of this is how you're supposed to be, you know, and it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary. It's yes. We're running this, we're running this accidental experiment on ourselves as a species and we don't know what the outcome is going to be of this social media addiction you know of everyone trying to look like other people's instagram feeds you know and so you know as a parent it's something that um that worries me and and you know i have lots of conversations with my children i've got you know two young men now my boys are 18 and 16 and my partner's girl and boy are 16 and 13 and we have lots of conversations ar- around this and i'm doing everything i can for our children to know that they are exactly who they're supposed to be that they they shouldn't look like more like anyone else they shouldn't be more like anyone else they should just be them but you know it's yeah it's it's troubling isn't it watching what's happening
0: it it is and i think part of my generation got into that wanting to be somebody else because how tv portrayed it that perfect family i'll never forget um one day i said to my father after watching father knows best on tv i remember looking at him and i said why don't you call me kitten and he goes why would i and i said but then i'd be this precious younger daughter because that's what i saw on tv and he looked at me and he said Well, you are a precious daughter to me, but I don't have to call you kitten to show you that I love you. Yeah. And for a couple of years, it really bothered me as a very young child. I keep watching that program and couldn't understand why I didn't have that same kind of dad. Yeah. And then I woke up one day and I thought, I have this phenomenal father. where did he come from um
1: (laughs) that's beautiful
0: one of the things he did every single morning when he would go into the bathroom to get ready for work he'd look in the mirror and he'd say hey handsome it's a beautiful day (laughs) the house would tremble um, but i love it yes because he was teaching us to love ourselves
1: oh that's so good
0: uh, it was was something that we didn't grasp immediately, but as years went on, we understood it. And if I could just give that little bit of excitement to one person to look in the mirror and see themselves and see the positive in themselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah it's it's so interesting isn't it you just reminded me of a conversation that i've had with my boys a few times where if one of my kids would give me a compliment and the compliment was true so if they said to me you know something like oh dad you're such a wonderfully generous person i'd say thank you i am i take that and they're like dad you can't say you can't say that and i said i'm just being honest i am a generous person it's one of my core values and thank you for seeing me and I'm just being honest and it's okay to be honest and love yourself if it's authentic right so not having a superiority complex where you think you're better than you are not having an inferiority complex where you you're pretending to be not as good as you are they're both dishonest but to have this beautiful interiority complex which is not really a complex it's just an honesty of yeah I am that and that's beautiful and thank you for seeing me you know I and to hear your dad teaching you that it's okay to love yourself and that's what I'm hoping to to teach my children you know it's interesting I with my clients my one-to-one coaching clients I start most sessions by asking them what would you like to acknowledge yourself for and when I have new clients they really struggle humans really struggle to acknowledge themselves for something that they've done well where it's easy for us to say oh i I was terrible at that and i was terrible at this and i could have been better here that's easy for us um to play small but for most people it's it's harder for them to acknowledge themselves for something and then over time i explain to my clients i'm doing this on purpose I'm, i'm creating you are creating wiring of honesty around the stuff that you're good at um but yeah it's interesting isn't it that that you know, to love ourselves is seen as a bad thing. People say, Oh, you love yourself like it's a bad thing. Wow, that's crazy. And we gotta start by loving ourselves.
0: You know, before I left corporate America, um, I had a manager, and every Friday she would have a group meeting, and she started each meeting out by asking us, maybe what is your favorite book or your favorite movie or your favorite song. And i was the oldest in this group i could have been their mother but you know i tried to mesh into uh, their age group which probably was the worst thing for me because on these fridays when we'd go around the room when it would come to me i would always like look dumbfounded no i don't know what my favorite song is no i don't know what my favorite movie is and I started realizing that I was really unhappy in the workplace. It wasn't so much about asking me what I liked, but I felt so disconnected from them when they told me about some rapper that they liked, you know, and I was gonna say, you know, oh, Elvis Presley. And maybe they knew who Elvis Presley was, and maybe they didn't. And yeah. I didn't I didn't want to be that extreme. And so instead week after week I don't know I don't know and that's what brought me to leave corporate America Mm. because I wasn't happy with the culture and I saw what the culture was doing it was having me hide because I chose to think I wasn't part of it yeah and I tell people over and over again since I left I I can work with anyone it doesn't make any difference how old they are how young they are what their culture is i i rejoice in it i rejoice on learning from them yeah and it's interesting how just allowing yourself to see the rest of the world can make a huge difference in saying oh i think i know who i am now
1: yeah yeah and then and who I am is exactly who I'm supposed to be
0: exactly and I love that comment yes
1: yeah because you know and 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 we can know this to be true we can know this to be an ultimate truth because reality tells us so when we put all of the, the stuff to the side all of the nonsense to the side and we just examine reality Well, apparently, I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be in this moment right now, because here I am, just like this. So apparently, this is who I'm supposed to be, right? Because reality tells me, because here I am, just like this. Now, that doesn't mean that over time into the future, we're not going to continue to evolve and expand and change. Of course we are. You know, the 10 years ago version of you is not the version that you are today. And so therefore, the 10 year in the future version will be a different version of you too. But if we could take a snapshot of time right now, freeze frame time now, you are exactly enough to be who you should be right now, which is exactly the way you are, you know. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we argue with reality, when we wish that we were something different or we wish things were different or, or we wish that person hadn't said that thing or we when we argue with reality, that's where the suffering is you know, but when we recalibrate back to reality, which is a radical acceptance of, of everything, there's no suffering anymore, you know.
0: Very interesting. So tell tell me and our guests the name of your book, because so far we just know you wrote a book. So tell us yeah. a little bit about the book.
1: <laughs> sure. Um, The book is called The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men. It's for everybody. I'm getting a lot of women reading the book and, and reaching out to me and saying, thank you for the book. Um, I was writing a book just on communication, conscious communication, which, you know, as you said at the start of the of our conversation, to be more conscious is really just to be more aware. So just being more aware in our communication. And I was writing it broadly and I engaged a, a, a writing mentor and she was reading the manuscript and she said I love it I think you need to pick an audience it's too broad and she suggested that I write for men and I was passionate about that I do a lot of men's work I sit in men's circle I'm passionate about men uh improving the the brand or the culture or the stereotype of of what it is to be a man Um, because for my generation and even and even today's younger generation still unfortunately we are born into this patriarchal structure and we teach our boys still we teach our boys to excommunicate themselves from their emotional self you know don't cry like a girl I got told that don't cry like a girl suck it up man up harden up toughen up be a man which means you can't be sensitive and you can't be emotional and you can't be vulnerable and that's maybe generations ago that was necessary because of world wars and whatever, but it's not today anymore. It's an outdated idea. And I'm passionate about us encouraging our boys to, to be in communication with their whole selves, all of their emotional range and their vulnerability. Um, so that's why I wrote the book for men, because I think there's, you know, men need help with that. Um, So that's the book. And then there's a TEDx talk that goes with it. And some of the things that you've been sharing in this conversation with me, Karen, I'm like, wow, have you seen my TEDx talk? It's almost (laughs) like you've seen it and we're talking about it because if you go and watch the TEDx talk on YouTube, you'll see um, that you and I resonate with, with some really wonderful ideas that I think are worth sharing. So, yeah.
0: Well, and it's interesting when I first started podcasting, um, somebody asked me, and this was a little over 10 years ago, uh, why do you have the right to podcast? Why do you have the right to ask a guest questions? And I said, I have the right because I've put myself in that position. If people Mm -hmm. don't want to listen, they don't have to tune in. If people don't want to be a, a guest on my show, and talk to me they don't have to the right i have is that i'm trying to heal myself along with anyone who wants to participate and some of the conversations are not healing and i will agree that sometimes and i'm sure you've come across this too in your coaching that sometimes you you pick up those vibrations around you. And, you know, I will find myself taking a couple steps back and thinking, how did I get here? And I have to refocus and get myself back on track. I also realize that we all have these voices in our heads. And for, for those of you who are listening and going, oh, you must be crazy. Well, guess what? If you listen hard enough, there are voices in your head. They're telling you (laughs) you're good. You're bad. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, and I've had those going on for a very long time, but in the last 10 years, I've learned when to listen Mm. and when not to. And most Mm. recently this past summer, I took, um, a a course on um personal intelligence Uh and i'm learning how not to use certain words like the right way the wrong way yeah um, because there's a fork in the road and you get to choose
1: yeah yeah absolutely and once you make a choice and head off down that path then apparently that's the choice you should have made why because you made it exactly you know so it's not right or wrong there's there's certainly a, a scale of functionality so certain decisions we make get us the result we wanted uh, and they're good for us and good for those around us and certain decisions we make are not so good for us or those around us and and that may be as it is but it's not right or wrong it's it's um you know we we're just bumbling along really and trying to do our best and trying to figure it out and i think we can we can ease up on ourselves you know we're so hard on ourselves just ease up on ourselves and you know, some, some forgiveness, you know, if your intention is good, it doesn't matter if you make a mistake. And again, for the listeners, I'm doing inverted commas, I don't believe there's really mistakes. There's, there's decisions we make. The most important thing I believe is your intention. If your intention is good, you're all right, you know, and you'll find out whether that decision you made worked or not, but you should have made it because you did. You know I everything understand. you've ever done, you should have done apparently because you did. You can't undo it, so therefore you must have been meant to do it because it's done. You know we we spend so much of our pres- precious energy, resource, resilience. We spend so much of it wasted on wishing things were different that we can't change. You know, and that it, that really we we've got a finite amount of life energy at one time in at some point in time it will expire you yep. are going to die one day when the energy runs out if you don't have an accident in between now and then and so it's precious this resource you know and and it's a shame to waste it on things that you can't change it's better to keep it and focus it towards the stuff that you can influence and the stuff that you can control or change you know
0: so prior to your awakening what kind of work were you doing because now you're writing you're coaching I'm assuming and maybe assuming wrong that you weren't doing that previously
1: no no I was a senior leader in a in a multinational um, travel corporate organization and and you know I had 150 staff and and my my section of the business that I'd bought into like literally bought shares in my part of the business was turning over 100 million bucks a year and so there was all of the pressures that came with that you know the month on month pressure to drive net profit growth and that was it and they dress it up and make it look like we've got a noble mission no you don't it's all about money making and it's all about growing that net profit month on month that's where i was at in a suit and tie you know and that's that was that's not my authentic self You know i'm i've always been quite alternative i'm covered in tattoos i've got stretched ears in the 90s i had piercings in my lip i've been a punk i've been a hippie i've been all of those things right and um, i i live a very alternative life when i put a suit and a tie on my community my friends and family were like you're doing what You're putting a shirt and tie on. <laughs> um, you know, I've been a fire dancer and a tattooist and and a volunteer in third world countries and a motorcycle courier and many different things. So those those that decade in the corporate world was uh, really quite an experience, which I don't I don't regret at all. But um, yeah, that's what I was doing before the the awakening.
0: And we all evolve if we allow ourselves to. If we. Yeah as long as we don't become stagnant and that's one of the things that i'm very proud that i came from a family that didn't believe in you know stopping doing being because of age or health um both my parents were constantly pushing themselves up until their their last breath and my husband and i um were the same way um beautiful And it's not always, you know, what other people would consider as work. Um, Sometimes just making it through the day can be work, but that's okay. If at the end of the day, you feel successful and accomplished. And I know we certainly do. when our heads hit those pillows at night. um, You know, we sleep like two little babies and then we get up the (laughs) next day and we do it again. Um, and typically with a smile on our face beautiful Um, i cannot wait to read your book jim i'm going to make sure that uh, we put all that information in the show notes so that others can uh, purchase your book uh, get to know who you are and if anybody on this side of the sea wants to uh, work with you and have you coach them um is that doable? Because I know this morning, I got you up really early for this. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is doable. We're actually putting together uh, an online course for leaders in, in communication. Um, and yes, there's there's a link. A, I have a calendar, calendar link that people can click on um, and just connect with me. Just have half an hour with me and have a chat and see where it goes and if it's only just a half hour chat it doesn't cost you anything it's just a half hour chat with me and you might find a way that you want to work with me or not um, but that's completely fine so to come across all of that stuff just go to my website gemfuller.com and you can find all of the links on there even the contact form if you fill out the contact form that comes through as an email to my team and my team will pass that on to me and I'll I'll reach out to you and we'll connect and and meet each other
0: that is absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing with us. I love the authentic gem, Fuller, um, and uh, go enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, my day is starting to wind down.
1: Beautiful. Well, you enjoy that wind down, and I'll wind up over here in the future. It's tomorrow morning over here for you, so. Um, I'll get I'll get um this day up and ready for you.
0: All right. Have a good one. Take care. You too, Carol. Karen. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye.
1: Bye.